This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you want better mental health? Then BetterHelp is for you. It is affordable, accessible, and most importantly, personalized online therapy. There is a special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash the Lucy Pod. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lucy Pod. I hope that you are all well and staying safe. Today the pod is back at it again with another ADHD decoded episode. Um, In today's episode I'm going to be discussing or we are going to be discussing the wonderful Mr. Tony Stark aka Iron Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe series. I said we because there is no better person to discuss this character with than Trent. He is a Marvel aficionado and nerd, but not in a red flag way. It has also been a while since I last had him on the pod, so it is the perfect combination. So Trent, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Okay, so we're going to dive into Mr. Tony Stark. Um, Although he's my favourite superhero, you're sort of the specialist here. So I'm going to pass it over to you, and I want you to give us like a brief biography on Mr. Stark and where he fits in the MCU timeline. Uh... Yeah, so he's the sort of principal uh, protagonist for the first um, sort of uh, saga over the last, the first, like, ten years of the um, MCU. Um, And he's just, he's an inventor, scientist-type character. Engineer? Yeah, engineer, uh, son of a billionaire, (laughs) um, a bit of a playboy, an alcoholic. (laughs) Just sort of an all-around mess. Sounds um, like everyone with ADHD. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, and yeah, his his character is um, is sort of principal to the first uh, series of films. Is he sort of like uh, the most uh, grounded and normalized character? And I think that comes from, um, it, despite him being like a billionaire, I think it comes from. Just he sort of shows a lot of problems in a more human way that not many of the other characters have, and then I think people just like him, and so he takes on a key role throughout uh, most of the films. Can you go on why he's sort of a normalized character? What do you mean by that? Like, I think he uh, he's grounded in a way in which you know we see his um, flaws. Yeah, we see his flaws. Mm. Um, the way in which he um, fumbles his personal relationship with Pepper Potts. Um, <laughs> Who I call Ginger all the time. Yeah. Um, even his uh, personal relationship with his best friend um, in the in the second film. Mm. Uh, you know, we see just like a lot of intrapersonal conflict, um, which, you know, I guess some of the other characters in the MC group also. He's like the everyday man hero. Like, he's the flawed one, but he's good. Yeah. We're rooting for him, even though he has moments of, like, 
being a douche, I want him to do well. Yeah. He's the most relatable, I find. For sure, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of hard to relate to, like, a god or, like, a or super a man. soldier. Just a man. Me, personally. I find it hard to relate to, like, a 50-year-old man in an iron suit. But he's very relatable. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I like him. Yeah. Okay, so... What makes him ADHD? So this is where I come in. So for me, any likeable, cool, weird and fun character in TV or literature is probably ADHD coded. I just believe that um, personally. Uh, But obviously we're not here to like diagnose anybody. Like this is just a fun series. Like it doesn't really mean that Tony Stark's ADHD. We're We're just having fun. But I believe that Tony Stark is ADHD. I think his obsession with building, inventing, innovating, producing his armors and his technology and his gadgets is a massive nod to an ADHD hyperfixation. What do you think? Like as a first symptom, do you agree or disagree? Um, yeah, for sure. He, um... And you have to agree on this. You can't be like, he's not ADHD. No, I'm kidding. You can. Yeah, of course. You can. No, 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 you can't. You're allowed to. Yeah. So what do you think of that as a first sort of indicator that he's ADHD? Yeah, I think that's interesting. He certainly um, does get hyperfixated, as you said. He does. Um, during the first film, we see his sort of tinkering process and how he's inventing, um, which that. There isn't much ADHD-ness to that. Like, there's during the first film, you know, we see his inventing process, um, you know, and him tinkering and how he sort of invents his armour, mm. um, which there isn't much ADHD-ness to that. But, but we, do see some, we do see some quirks to his character in the first film, like how um, he just wants a hamburger at the end in the press conference and he just wants to... He asks everybody to sit and he, like, sits on the front of the podium. He doesn't really do things by the book. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make him ADHD. More just like a bit of a... A pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, but that's um, ADHD. Yeah, for sure. Um, during the second film, we see more of that hyperfixation mm. when he's trying to um, invent the uh, a new element, whatever, that his dad left for him. Mm. It's like hidden. And he, um, yeah, he starts getting obsessive and he builds the... You know, he, like, knocks down walls in his house just so he can build the thing oh, to yeah. get the stuff done. And it's, done. like, at all hours and everyone's, like, okay. Yeah, and he doesn't care about, like, the how he's doing it or how he's getting it done. Mm. And I guess we uh, – I'm not sure how much impulsiveness alone is a oh. symptom of ADHD. Yes. But he's certainly impulsive. Hell, yeah. Um, That's the next point I was going to make. He is so – like, even just the way he talks to – what's her face? Ginger? Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. It's so impulsive. Like, he's always giving her, like, a heart attack because of the things he does and the way he behaves. So go on. Yeah. And then following the events of Iron Man 2, we have the Avengers, um, the 2012 attack on New York Avengers. Um, and that pretty much sets up his arc for the rest of his character in which he realises that the, the Earth is vulnerable and he wants to build a shield of armor around the earth to protect it. And he becomes hyper fixated on this. Um, and, and to the pursuit of good, I feel like a lot of ADHD is. Yes, he has good intentions, but yeah. he's, he's you know, worried. He 
you know, flew a nuke through a black hole and that, like, traumatised him. Same. And we see him deal with that trauma in Iron Man 3. And we learn that he's been making, like, hundreds of suits in his spare time. Mm. And then he just blows them all up at the end of the film. Anyway. Spoilers. But, I mean, yeah. So he's built all these different suits for all these different purposes, Mm. which is just like, oh, that's a lot. And we see him dealing with his trauma in that film. Um, And then... We next see him in Age of Ultron, where he's developed the Ultron program, which is his first attempt at building these bots to protect the world. Of course, that goes wrong. He messes that up. Um, and he still uh, continues throughout the rest of the series to create um, ways to try and protect, uh, you know, in Civil War. He's still got, like, a, a Hulkbuster suit. He invented a suit to give to a Spider-Man um, so and, he's creative. He's an incredibly creative person. Yeah, and he, he and the whole time throughout those last like six appearances, mm. it's all because he's scared. He knows Thanos is coming, and he's just trying to. He's really can think of nothing else except for that, and we only see him find peace and settle down and relax once all hope is lost after the snap, and then he. He's all good. Well, not all good, but he's... He's not all good, but he starts acceptance. a family and he's he seems a lot happier as a person post-Infinity War. Would you say that's a... Sorry, go on, go on. Because he's been so fixated on Thanos. Mm. But now that Thanos is... Well, it happened, they lost, but it still means that he can sort of move on. Do you think that that's... I get, that's totally hyperfixation. Do you also think that's an ADHD anxiety thing? Like, let me do everything in my power... To try and sort it, and once I am told like it's pointless, we accept. Or is that just a human thing? I mean, yeah, you can call it ADHD anxiety if you want. I think that's just I think it's normal anxiety. Normal. Yeah, yeah, maybe and exacerbated by a fixation, the obsessive thoughts. Yeah, and like some PTSD as well. Yeah, because he's a bit traumatized, isn't he? I mean, that's how he got his name, right? All that trauma, right? What? Isn't I'm like didn't isn't that how his trauma oh, began? Oh, from the shrapnel, the in, shrapnel his in his chest. I love it. I'm like I love Iron Man, and I'm like you know the thing in his um in his body. Well, it's kind of it has like a, it's kind of a double entendre. Yeah. Because the suit is technical. Oh, well, it's not, but you know. Yeah. Actually, so I found these cute little things on. I really hate to say it. Um, Tumblr, and it's. Uh, don't, he's rolling his eyes. This is why um, he hasn't been on since August 2021. And it's a pictures of um, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, who's super hot. And it's all the ADHD symptoms with a bunch of these quotes underneath. So I'm going to ask you what you think of them. Okay. So the first one, oh dear, is hyperactivity. The condition of being abnormally or extremely active. And the quote is, sir, may I remind you that you've been awake for nearly 72 hours? Who says that to him? Is it... um? His thingo? His butler. Oh, yes. His butler. So what do you make of this, Trent? What do you make of this image? What's your analysis of this quote and image? Um, Yeah, I believe this is um, during the first film when he's trying to perfect the armour after getting back to... um, Because you don't realise time goes by when you're hyperfixated. Yeah, I guess. Um, Yeah. And so... Yeah, he's just got this idea and he's got to get it out. And he doesn't care about, like, the destructive potential of his behaviour. He's just doing his own thing. Rambling. 
of writing or speech, lengthy and confused, inconsequential. Do you know how short life is? And if I ever got to express, and by the way, this is somewhat revelatory to me, revelatory to me, and I don't care. I mean, I care. It would be nice. I'm not expecting you to look. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to say it. I. What do we make of this? I don't even remember that. Um, I. It's him talking to Ginger. Is it? Isn't I, that I, Gwyneth Altrow? His friend Gwyneth? Maybe. Uh, do you, oh, yeah, it's during the second film where he goes to, he like delivers her strawberries. Um, but oh. of course, he doesn't know that she's allergic to strawberries. And she I just think that's just a douchebag thing of him to do. I don't think that's ADHD. Uh, yeah, well, no. I mean, yeah, that's part of his character. He, yeah. He tries to do something nice, but of course, it's he doesn't even know that she's allergic to strawberries or he doesn't remember. Inattentive. Um, but. Yeah, he, he, especially in that moment, he's, like, very, like, flustered and, like, just can't get his words out, can he? Do you find that that's an ADHD thing? Like, let's, obviously, this is, we're, we're on the train of his ADHD, so you need to agree. No, but what do you think? Um. Do you find I do that sometimes? I find you ramble more in the sense of, like. <laughs> Don't shut up. Yeah, just nobody asked and, like, nobody's really listening to what you're saying. You just sort of started speaking on a subject and you're Aww. now continuing to speak on that thing and nobody asked. But that does you're not rambling. You're just sort of I don't care. talking to the wind. Um, but I find in terms of actually talking, like, you don't mumble. You don't, like, ramble. Like, you're very well-spoken. You don't, like, trip over your words and stuff. Really? See, I find that when I'm speaking or when I'm on my tangents, I think... I, I think, I see I'm doing it now. I think that I stutter and that my words are trying to be as fast as my brain. But I'm glad you don't think that I, because I genuinely think I sometimes trip over my words. I don't think so. Okay, well, that's good. That's reassuring to me. Next one, distractibility. An inability to sustain one, one's attention or attentiveness, which is rapidly diverted from one topic to another. Can I move this? This is crazy. It's like a fair seal. I'm trying to. I think this is when he's in the office or something. Uh, yeah, this is like a second after the other quote from um, him rambling, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, which is just like the uh, Newtonian motion device that's sitting on Pepper's desk. And yeah, he, he just gets distracted by it. Which, uh, when I watch this scene, I see that as he, he has to tell Pepper something but he's avoiding it at all costs. He doesn't want to do it. So he's looking around and he's rambling and he's stumbling over his words. Procrastinatory behaviour. Yeah, he's like procrastinating, the even though he's sitting there in the desk and he's saying With it anyway. The intent. Yeah. Um, so even in that moment, he's still just like, he sees this random thing and he goes, oh, uh, can I move this? Like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I think ADHD is... To avoid difficult topics, we procrastinate or difficult tasks. Like I know that if I have an essay due, rather than doing the essay, I will clean my room, clean my desk, um, sit down and have lunch, you know, get focused for it. But it's just because I'm trying to avoid the inevitable. Um, but I think that a lot of people do procrastinate. It's not just an ADHD thing. Yeah. I just think that um, neurotypicals have it easier to snap out of the procrastination. Like an ADHD knows they're doing it and won't. Whereas I feel like neurotypicals can be like, okay, like the procrastination's over. Let me get back to it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's it's still tough. It depends. Like, oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's not um, 
it's not unique, but uh, yeah. And then the final one is impulsive, acting or done without forth, um, forethought. And it's, the quote was, the truth is, I am Iron Man. He uh, just blurts that out at a press conference, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Inappropriate, right? Yeah, that, but it's also like... Um, Iconic. Fundamental to his character and, yeah, his behaviour. Impulsive is, I think, one of the first things that I said that, like, makes him ADHD. He's uh, impulsive and hyper-focused. Um, yeah, and he, just, he does what he wants, which I think maybe there is a higher overlap between, like, billionaire playboy stereotypes and maybe ADHD stereotypes. <laughs> the pipeline. Yeah. Well, maybe not a pipeline. No, no, I hope not. But two parallel uh, pipelines. Because he knows he'll be okay. Yeah, maybe uh, uh, from a materialistic view, he's, um, he's afforded comforts and safety nets. So he can, yeah. he can say and do what he wants. Um, and that's just sort of how he's lived all his life because he's... Uh, a spoiled little rich boy. Yes. Yeah. I love him, but a, I can say that. In a that. sense, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like not afraid of failure or he... Maybe he is afraid of failure, but he knows like, oh, it'll be okay. I was about to end. say he's got a superhero complex. Without yeah. even He so does. He he's do an he invincibility wants. complex. Yeah. I think that can be very common to some people with ADHD, like with the risk-taking behaviours, like, some ADHDs feel like, well, I'll be fine, like, I'm invincible, 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 you only live once, and that's sort of, like, the driving force of um, impulsivity. So we spoke a bit about his relationship to Ginger. I'm going to keep calling her Ginger. What okay. about his relationship with his friends? Do we see his ADHD tendencies, if we're going to go down the route, that he's ADHD? Do you think that it impacts his friendships and his rapports with the other... Um, Superheroes, the other characters. Uh, yeah. One idea that springs to mind immediately is in the Avengers 2012, he is just fascinated with Bruce Banner's The Hulk. Um, <laughs> and he, he knows it's dangerous, but he can't help himself. He keeps poking at him. Egging him on, that's and right. And egging him on, and he shocks him. Yeah. And he goes digging through S.H.I.E.L.D.'s files to uncover secrets because he knows that there's... <sighs> stuff there that he shouldn't be looking at. And he knows it's wrong, but he keeps trying to do it. Um, out of malice? Uh, out of just pure curiosity, curiosity, I think. Jinx. Yeah. Um, although it's, maybe they weren't as good of a friends um, then, but they were certainly um, on the same side and a part of a team together. Um, I think there's far less of that behaviour by the end of Endgame between... Um, Stark and Banner. So um, that's his relationship with Banner. And then moving on to his his best mate throughout the films um, is James Rhodes, the war machine. Um, and I mentioned earlier how in the second film, their relationship is sort of tested because he's trying to um, do whatever the Air Force is asking him to do, if I remember correctly. Like they want the suit because... Um, you know, the government thinks that he shouldn't have it, um, but Stark doesn't care, you know, he wants to keep his suits and he starts drinking and then they get into a fight um, over it. Is this where he, like, ruins his place when he's having the party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was ugly. Um, that was yeah, ugly. Yeah, it was. Um, but I think he... Um, I think 
from what you you can tell from the films, you know, he seems to have already been like a lifeline friend of Rhodes before the first film. Mm. And they're definitely still good friends, yeah. you know, by the end of the last film. Um, you know, even after Civil War when Rhodes, like, got his spine broken or whatever happened to him and, uh, you know, Stark, mm. like, built him some new legs. Um, so he's definitely a caring friend. I love him, like, built him some new legs. Yeah, whatever, whatever he Yeah, of course. Invented. Like, gave him um, a new spine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good um, friend. So, you know... He's a good friend. Even within the second film, um, that, that, that within itself is an enclosed story because, you know, they have their little fight and he takes the armour um, and he, he takes the Mark II armour and he gets it upgraded into the war machine. Um, but then at the end of the film, they're fighting together against Ivan Whiplash and it's like, it's all fine um, because they make up. So I guess in that way, it he's, he's like best friend relationship he does a good job of showing um care like yeah care and attention mm. now the the sort of final question that i end my episodes on is do we think that it was a good representation of adhd and i'll answer this first i'll say um because it's a dude obviously it's done a lot like we see a lot in media boys with autism boys with ADHD there's really like some nice female representation so in that aspect I think it's a great representation of ADHD for this particular bloke or boys but I don't think that it's um a whole thing like we've seen a lot of guys um with ADHD I think there's time for something new so that's the only sort of criticism I'd have with that representation um what do you think do you think it's a fair assessment if we were to say like here's ADHD uh yeah that's a fair assessment going off the assumption that he is adhd mm. um obviously within the canon there's no um definitive answer that i'm no. aware no. or that we know of um so they're adhd coded Not yeah they're, they're, they're certainly adhd coded and implied um <laughs> and implied at points yeah, I I would say it is not a stretch to say that he is ADHD. Um, and I think he's, you know, a beloved character. Yeah. Um, That's why he's ADHD. Yeah, perhaps because of his ADHD, his his, hum, his realness, you know, his humanness. He's raw. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of representation, I mean, yeah, he's... He's a Disney character and just like everybody, you know, they, they're made, they're presentable. So I, I think it's, it's well done, of course. Um, I don't think they're that, pre- I know people who don't like him. They find him to be an arrogant, self-absorbed prick. Oh, he certainly is. But that's, <laughs> that's like the only appeal of character. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the. Boyish it's, charm. Yeah. It's the sort of like harsh exterior uh that's protecting like his his inner where it's just he wants the best you know and he's worried about the world or whatever it may be he's trying to you know be the solution um to everything is sort of his character arc um you know he he has to be in control of everything Mm. which might be another adhd uh, yes. Yeah. Because um, we're know. not in control of our brain, we need to control other things. Not that we're not in control of our brain, but it's hard to control our focus. So, 
it's easier to control material things. Yeah. He, he, I, I think he jokes about it at one point saying like, oh, you know, it's all my money. Like I, I pay for all the stuff, you yeah. know, so therefore I'm the one who's really in charge. <laughs> um, I think that's just him being a douchebag rich guy. Yeah, but, but also could be, you know. Uh, but also, yeah, at, uh, throughout the whole saga, he sort of does take on the leadership role, even though he knows, like, oh, to lead a team, like, Cap may be better suited for that oh on, like, an interpersonal relationship. <sighs> what could um, we diagnose Captain America with? Being an idiot. Uh, patriotism. I don't know. <laughs> Patriotism's an illness. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so he, he sort of just appoints himself as a leader and I think everybody sees him as a leader. Yeah. Um, without it being explicitly stated, um, just because... He's good at thinking on his feet as a leader. Yeah, just because also he sort of, like, takes control and he's, he's the guy in charge. Yeah. Um, are there any other characters in the Marvel Universe that could be ADHD decoded, uh, coded, uh, I think, apart from him. Or just neurodivergent decoded. Um, I think... What's his face from Moon Knight? What's his name? Oh, he's got two names. Oh, uh, Oscar Isaac's character in Moon yes. Knight? Yeah, he's certainly... Um, he's interesting. Dissociative identity coded, although <laughs> it is explained away within the um, lore of the show yeah. that he's not DID, he's just... Uh, magic. Yeah, magic. Um, in terms of our characters, I think um, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is a great um, ADHD candidate, which would make sense as he is sort of a spiritual uh, predecessor and, like, the protege to Iron Man, in a way. Oh, I like that. So, um, you know, just everything we see him, he's, he's always nervous, a, a bunch of energy. All over the place. He's all over the place, yeah. Good at math, which I wish I had that type of ADHD. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he could certainly be coded as ADHD, although that could just be him as, like, a young, nervous, like, nerdy kid. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the aliens in Guardians of the Galaxy um, could be coded as which neurodivergent. Which ones? Um, just from their behaviour, but also I think that... That a lot of that is played off just for humor, um, and for them because you know they are aliens, so therefore they should feel different, um, mm. in, in a way in the way they behave and act. But you know we would see them if you know, or we do see them as weird because they're not how humans behave. Uh, specifically like Drax, you know he doesn't understand metaphors. Is that he's just thing sort of Drax. Yeah, he's the big like alien with the he's very angry played by oh and he like oh him yeah he doesn't understand metaphors and he's just sort of that could be autism coded yeah he's he's just like very um slow but slow to pick up on yes like straightforward thinking very literal yes um type of thinking very honest yeah um and then there's mantis which i don't know how you would uh label her but we don't have to label everything um but you know she's just sort she's very like soft-spoken and caring very intuitive uh yeah but she doesn't really understand things but that comes from her being sheltered away on Mm. ego's planet for like her whole life so maybe less neurodivergent and more just like shy a a shy person or like a victim of her circumstances um, yeah a victim of circumstance being sheltered away 
something like that. I was going to ask you, though, something. You made a point. You said um, how some of the aliens and stuff, like, it's just used for humour. How do we feel about taking ADHD or neurodivergent traits and making them funny for people to laugh about? Uh, well. Like, you know, oh, look at them. It's like, you know, the fat kid is always, like, the butt of the joke. What if it's, like, oh, neurodivergent traits? (laughs) Ha ha, like, they're so funny. Like, look how stupid these aliens are. How do we feel? What do you think? Uh, I think... It's all in good fun or... Yeah, I think as long as it's done well... Um, and it's not completely um, too insensitive or whatever, like everybody uh, cops it in a sense. Mm. Um, I, you know, it's not, it, as long as it's not done with any malice. harmful intent or malice, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty lighthearted topic that we can have a laugh at, in my opinion. I agree. But also, I think there's a fine line. I think the only reason... I'm not saying that that's what these uh, characters are... uh, Like, how they're being done or whatever and that they're being made fun of. But I would say that making fun of neurodivergent traits... Obviously, I can't police humour or speech. I think it's kind of sad to make fun of things that people can't help, maybe. And, like we're laughing at them and not with them, right? Like, like let's say we, they were making fun of the fact that they talk too much. Like, that's, yeah, okay, it's funny, like, oh, they never shut up, but then it's like, but they actually can't help it. I don't think it's helpful. For sure. I'm not saying Marvel does that. I'm just saying in, if any show did this, uh, it's like, okay, we're making fun of the ADHD or autistic character, that's fine, but we're mocking things and making them seem annoying and dumb and not getting it and stupid because of a symptom they can't help. I think that's a shame. But if you look at, like, Spider-Man when he's, you know, talking too much and he doesn't get it or he's, like, misunderstanding, misreading Oh, yeah, I'm not saying this is Marvel, but, yeah. I'm not saying... Yeah, go on. He's misreading or misunderstanding the situation. Mm. Um, Where... When that uh, little interaction is resolved, it's done in a way in which he goes like, oh, I get it now. I've come to my own conclusion. He's not mocked by other characters within True. the film. And even when you look at Drax or uh, Mantis being silly and stupid on screen, any character pretty much in the MCU being silly and stupid on screen, that is played for laughs to the audience and never within the film. Yeah, the, I'm talking the, about within the audience. I, not in the film. Like, what if the audience is like, ah. Uh-huh. Like, so, autism, huh? So, the joke played to the audience might be that, oh, this person doesn't understand a metaphor. Or the answer was right in front of Spider-Man's eyes and he was too rambling, he was distracted, he didn't get it. But isn't but that mean? then he found the answer. But it isn't mean because that is not... It is not then reflected in-universe by some character saying to them, putting them down, mm-hmm. saying that that is wrong and framing it in a negative way. But what if the audience does that? Any person... can't control it. Yeah, any person could come to their own conclusions. True. But the framing within the the film is purely positive, Mm. and it's up to personal interpretation. Oh, yeah. If they framed it in a negative context, where somebody... Is making fun. Like a character's Where somebody had some type of trait, and then another character within the film is then putting a negative spin on it, bullying them, 
whatever it may be. <laughs> Bullying right? in, in Marvel. In that situation, then you could say that that is not right. That That's a really weird way. Um, it, like you should have put that in film, Sarah, whatever. But especially in situations where the character um, resolves that themselves, say even yeah, Drax that's between a good point. the first Guardians and the um, his like latest later Gross. appearances, you see, yeah, he's not as like, uh, he understands <sighs> metaphors. He does. He, he cracks a few jokes and like he's laughing at Peter Quill. Um, in fact, he's one of the few characters that gets a lot of laughs thrown at him, like Rocket Raccoon and Drax and everybody will laugh at Peter for his actions. I think that's good. Um, but <laughs> so maybe, I don't we like could, maybe we could try to decode Peter Quill and come up with some uh, <laughs> His symptoms label, are being bullied. <laughs> some label to put on him, you know. Um, but yeah, I think the majority of the time, especially because, you know, they're fun family films. Yeah. But within the universe, they're always kind of like going through something serious. So they're not really laughing with each other um, unless it's like a Guardians or a Four Ragnarok or even then I don't think they really Or just laugh a break in tension for a uh, Out loud that much. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly no like negging and putting down yeah. of um, other people unless it's like Peter Quill. But yeah. Which is justified. What would we say before we finish? What do you reckon Doctor Strange is? I just, I love him so much. I want him to be ADHD, but I don't think he is. I don't know what he'd be. I think he's the most typical out of. Uh, yeah, he he comes across very neurotypical. Like He does. His, his, his character flaw is um, his like obsession with being the best. Right? Hubris. And that, yeah, he's got a very strong hubris. Um, and that is both his biggest weakness and his biggest strength. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the whole dynamic of his character, which is, you know. I don't think that's unique to a, um, a neurodiverse thing. No, that, that is not. I a, think that's just him. A neurodiverse thing. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, no worries. I had fun. Good chat. Good chat. I think we should decode who next, Quill and Spider-Man. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, uh, well, we, d- we touched on it today, but we can... Next episode. Yeah. Trying to milk as much Maybe content out of him. Maybe we can look at Doctor Strange as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, everyone, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Lucy Pod, And make sure you follow me and give me a five-star rating on Apple podcasts um spotify amazon wherever you get your podcasts from and i will see you in the next episode bye bye thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode don't forget the special offer to the lucy pod listeners where you can get 10 percent off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the lucy pod that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash the lucy pod